Welcome to Ian Hates Music. My name is Ian, and I am here once again on the Sinner's Line with who else other than... I don't even know that was a good intro. Who am I speaking to? It is Sir Knight, James Bozenka. Oh, James, I hate to say it, but I think the storms that we have going on right now are affecting the Wi-Fi a little bit. Do you want to go ahead and reintroduce yourself? (laughs) This is Sir Knight, James Bozenka, that is being affected by the storm. Yep. It happened again, but not during your name this time, so it was fine. But there was Uh like a little cutout on both times, so we're going to deal with it. I hope everyone understands both of our areas got hit with massive amounts of snow, so that might actually still affect the Wi-Fi a bit. So yeah, we might just have to deal with issues with the storm, so I apologize to everyone out there listening, but so... Instead of doing a whole little intro with a back and forth, we have a lot to get to today. So, James, how about we just go to a little scene news? Yeah, let's let's do it. All right, James, it is scene news time. We are going to run through some topics and a bunch of stuff that I don't give a shit about. So we're not even going to talk about it. But... We're going to get to stuff we do care about right now. First off, the Ghost Inside, that brand new one-time-only concert that they are going to be doing in Los Angeles at the Shrine, sold out in five fucking minutes. Dude, talk about a supportive community. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Now, the only issue that they seem to be dealing with right now is that a lot of the tickets went on third party, you know, like StubHub, places like that. They are actively telling people do not buy any tickets from anyone selling third party, secondhand, whatever. Because really, you know why they did it. They did it because they know they're going to be able to charge 200, 500, you know, who knows how desperate people will be to get to the show. Oh, yeah. And you know, it's saying a lot when like, because a lot of bands would just want as many people there as possible. So it's really saying a lot. The ghost inside is like, like, do not buy money from people that are trying to profit off this show. Yeah, don't give them any money whatsoever. And they are working, I guess, behind the scenes to see if they can get more tickets released for the actual show. But they also restated there will not be another night. This wasn't like a ploy to get people excited. They're doing one show. Yeah, I thought that was, I mean, it makes sense, considering, like, it's been so long since they played a show. Like, you know, who's to say that they play that one show and then 
if they do schedule a second night, like what if they're not able to play it? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. So yeah, that makes sense. Look, I tried to get tickets and I couldn't. So (laughs) it is a big deal. And I, you know, I wish everyone the best. I hope that if they release tickets, I can get something because I really am thinking about going out for that show because I think it's Mm going to be really, really great. But just want to let everyone know, don't buy off of secondhand places, you know, third parties. Don't do that. Let the ghost inside work something out where hopefully they can get more tickets for it. And that way your money goes to them. You get an actual legitimate ticket and hopefully it's for the regular price of the ticket and not something astronomical. Yeah, it really says a lot about a band's fan base that they can sell out a 6,500 cap venue in five minutes. Exactly, exactly. So moving on to, we're actually going to do a few tour announcements right now. So last week we talked about the corn tour with Alice in Chains, Under Oath, and the Fever 333. We talked about that a little bit. Now though, we're going to talk about the new Slipknot news that just happened today. Cool. Yeah, Slipknot with Volbeat, Gojira, and Behemoth, and their new album, Slipknot's new album, has been announced for August 9th. James, tell me how you're feeling. I'm feeling all sorts of emotions, man. I mean, <laughs> for those that don't know, like Slipknot is the band that got me into like metal, like heavy music, whatever you want to call it. And so uh, in a lot of ways, I consider them like my favorite band of all time just because of how how significant they are to me. And I've I've actually never been able to see Slipknot live. And it looks like that 2019 is finally the year that I've I'll finally be able to see them. And I've been a listener since 2010. Damn. Wow. Well, look, yeah, I am hoping to go to the show as well. I, on the other hand, (laughs) I, on the other hand, have seen Slipknot so many times and they are one of my favorite bands live so i definitely want to go and i made the joke earlier that i will only go if volbeat plays lola montez beginning (laughs) middle and end of their show or i am not going (laughs) fair enough fair enough those are my rules Those are my rules. But no, it's going to be great. The new album is going to be amazing, I'm sure. I mean, All Out Life is already an amazing track in itself. So, yeah, yeah, I can't imagine that they're going to go, like, lower or worse with the album. I mean, they keep promoting that it's going to be Iowa levels of heavy. So, you know, I'm, I'm definitely excited for this. I'm up for that. I am. So, moving on now to another concert announcement. Now, this will only be for weirdos like James, but apparently <laughs> Limp Biscuit has added a few shows for, I don't know how many shows. <laughs> I, I, I can't even pretend like I read this article, but they apparently <laughs> have multiple shows coming to California. And James, I have to ask though, how much money are they going to be charging for the show? <laughs> it's $3 bills, y'all. <laughs> oh, see, you like that little setup? Yeah. Yeah, dude. I, Dude, I, I so wish I was on the other side of the country right now because I would actually, I would so go to this show. <laughs> I'm glad that the storm made you cut out partially. Dude. <laughs> now I have to, now I'm stuttering. Yes, I, I appreciate that. I know you wish you were over there. I mean, come on. Limp Biscuit, the ghost inside, a warp tour date. I mean, why would you yeah. not want to be there? Oh my gosh, dude. It's just California, California's getting everything right now. It's true. And unfortunately, that is not the only Limp Biscuit reference we will be making tonight. We will get to something 
later on. But at least for now, we are going to move on. And we're going to talk about Warp Tour, which I mentioned before. Now, we're not going to get into a huge discussion about it because I'm sure there will still be news to come. I mean, the shows are in June and July of this year. So there's plenty of time to talk about it. But tickets are on sale right now. I heard that by the time of this recording that the New Jersey dates are like 80% sold. I don't think they have any more VIP. It's only GA. But James, I'm going to ask you right now, how did you feel about, I don't care which one you talk about, whether it's, I mean, we know how the Cleveland one's going to be a lot different, but between New Jersey and California, what did you think of the lineups? I I looked at the lineups briefly. I'm going to be honest, I didn't look at them like super closely, but I I definitely felt like I would have rather gone to the one in California. Right. I think it's mainly just because Silent Planet's playing that one. Oh, sure. And yeah, yeah. I want to be at every show that they play ever just because I love them so much. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, I mean, don't get me wrong. The Atlantic City, New Jersey one was, it was pretty good. Like, I would I wouldn't mind going to see that. I just wish that the, the, the lineups were reversed in terms of my own tastes. Right. Yeah, and that makes sense. I mean, if you had added a day to remember to the California one, that would sure. have been insane. Add them. I, I think Blink-182 isn't on California either. I could be wrong about that. Add those yeah. two bands over there, and that would be an even better lineup. Now, I'm not one of the people to ever complain about a Warped Tour lineup. My only issue is to get to New Jersey and pay the prices for the hotel and then also yeah. tickets. It's just it's way too much money for me to do now. If any one of those, you know, any California, New Jersey, if they were playing those set lists or those band set lists at a place that was closer to me, like where Boston dates normally are, I would definitely yep. be going. No doubt about it. Sure. Like when Warp Tour was a, a, co- a cross country t- tour, I went to the Columbia, Maryland date, and that's only like a less than an hour and a half from me. Yeah. And even if I had to drive like, you know, three hour round trip both ways for two days, I could totally do that. But from driving from South Central Pennsylvania to Atlantic City, two days in a row, it, w- it wouldn't be doable because I'm not going to pay. Hundred like uh, so much money for the warp tour ticket, and then pay so much money for the hotel, and yeah. then food, and then transportation. It would be like a few hundred dollar expense, and I just I just couldn't do it. Yeah, I think the tough part is that a normal or quote unquote standard warp tour ticket for GA in most any other place would be if the tour was still cross country would be like thirty bucks or so, right? Somewhere around there. I think it was forty five. 45 for for when I went. Yeah. Okay. Between 30 and 45, depending on pre-sale and all that kind of stuff. So you get that discount, obviously now Mm -hmm. with no pre-sale on the new tickets, you're looking at 150, I think maybe plus fees if I'm not mistaken. So you're looking at that much money. Now it is a two day event. So split that up. But even then you're still paying 75 to maybe a little bit more per day. So that is double what you would have been paying for a regular cross-country tour. Right, and that's just the ticket that does not include food, does not include merch, does not include anything. That's just the ticket. Exactly. So there's a lot for people to think about, but there is a huge variety 
on all of these dates that people really love. I know that for sure. And I know people that are going down. So it might be possible that I still make the Atlantic City one. I just have to get money affairs in order. But just so people know, if you don't, I mean, if you live under a fucking rock, (laughs) just so you know, Warped Tour tickets (laughs) are on sale. So you got to get on that if you want them. Right on. Next up, a band has decided to reunite and do some reunion shows. The band Have Heart is going to be doing, I think, four dates coming up, I think in the summer, if I'm not mistaken. So just if anyone didn't know that, I'm sure they are going to sell out very, very fast. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't really got much to say on this. I'm not too familiar with Have Heart, but might this might make me want to check them out. You so should. that's really all I have to say about it. No, you definitely should. Okay. Boston Hardcore. Yeah, make sure you check them out for sure. Yeah, definitely. A quick note. I think people might remember a show where I talked about how much I really enjoy the show, The Umbrella. Uh, wow, The Umbrella Academy. <laughs> I keep on wanting. I don't know what I want to say after that. The Umbrella Academy. I very much enjoy that show. And Alt Press, the great source of information that they are, wrongly quote unquote reported that they were picked up for a second season. That is incorrect. And I would just like to make sure. Now it probably will get picked up because I have heard pretty much nothing but great things about the show. I think it's doing very well for Netflix, but I just want to mention, don't listen to all press. They are (laughs) awful. They are really, truly awful and they suck. And I don't even have to be smart, intelligent about this. I've already done that plenty of times on the show. Just never believe anything they say, get a different source to corroborate that before you listen to all press. Come on, Ian. Our overlords at all at all press are never wrong. I would rather die on my feet <laughs> than serve on my knees. I'm just saying. <laughs> fuck true that, true that. Yeah. Fuck all of them. I hate them so much. <laughs> anyway, that's a little off topic. I just want to let people know, you know, all the people that were excited, and then it was taken away from them. So just putting it out there. Sure, sure, sure. Now I think oh, okay, I'm gonna do this real quick. So also the band Hartist, and they're a weird band to say sometimes, Hartist are (laughs) announcing that they are going to have a new track coming out on March 8th, and then also a new EP out later this year. I believe this is five years past since their one debut album came out, but I always like that album, so I would like to hear new music from them. Sure, yeah, I mean, I guess... Similar to what I said earlier, you said this is that their first album was five years old. I think so. Yeah, I didn't catch them around when they were around five years ago. So when they come back, I'll definitely check them out. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, check out the album right now. It's a really yeah. I, and by the way, I think they have like a new metal leaning. So you're hey. gonna fucking love it. Hey, you're gonna be all about it. Absolutely. <laughs> and now a little bit of sad news for everyone. So or maybe just me. I don't know. But the person, I will not say their name because I only assume that all the people in Guar, and they're not people, they're aliens. So all the aliens in Guar are real and cannot step down (laughs) from the band. So I'm just going to say that Beefcake, the person or the alien, I should just say alien, the alien overlord that was on Ian Hates Conversations has decided to take a break until... He is reincarnated in a different way. Let's just say that. Sure. Dude, I saw Guar 
at like Warp Tour 2017. Yep. And they're they're one of the best live bands I've ever seen. They are hilarious. I love them. <laughs> I am all about it. I know obviously they are a very polarizing band, but I've yeah. always loved Guar. They are Beavis and Butthead's favorite band. And <laughs> yeah. that stuck with me. And that's why it was a big deal when I had Beefcake on the show. So I was very happy with that. That was a lot of fun for me. So to see that there's going to be another change in the lineup, you know, it sucks. But I still like them, even with the demise of Odorous. I still think they're great. So you just have to be in that kind of mood to like Guar, you know? Yeah, I like. I think it's funny because I still don't know in myself if I like Guar. I just love the onstage antics. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I totally get that. I, I like I've listened, that. I've listened to Guar, but it's more of I'm so focused on the antics. I'm just like, huh, I've never actually thought about do I like Guar's music? Right. No, no, I totally get it. Totally get it. So that's a little <laughs> sad news there. But now we are going to end scene news by having a little discussion here. We're not going to talk about it in album reviews. We're going to talk about it right now. The band As It Is, who, who are also actually friends of the show, they released three tracks where they are doing reimagines of those tracks from the Great Depression. And apparently they are going to put out the entire album as reimagined tracks. And I've sort of talked about this on the show before, but I want to have a more in-depth conversation about it. James, how do you feel, first off, how do you feel about the As It Is reimagined songs? And then how do you feel about them in general? I'm so bad with song titles. Uh, The first song and the third song, I thought were fairly decent. Like, you know, they didn't really harm anything. Uh, Although I kind of want to talk about the reimagined version of The Wounded World. Sure. I, for me personally, that was a little too electronic-y for me. Right, right. And I don't know, in terms of like, I think, for example, for me, like a really done, a really well done reimagined track would be whenever Wage War does a reimagine, like a more somber version of their songs. Okay. Uh, but they're actually playing their instruments. Right. For me, this was like, I, I can understand where they're going with this, but to me, I prefer the as it is that plays their instruments, so I don't connect to this version at all. Right, right, I can get that. And let me specify for people that might be like, what are, what are they even talking about? What is a reimagined track? Basically, that's not an acoustic version. Acoustic versions of tracks have been done for years, for, I don't know, fucking centuries. There have been yeah. acoustic versions of songs. That is not what we're talking about. We're talking about when the structure of a song is changed by the people that do it. So it's not a cover song. It's not anything like that. It's when the structure and the tone and maybe even more is changed on a track by the original band that made the original track. So I totally get what you're saying. Other examples of bands that have done this recently, even though it's been done before, uh, I think I want to say 311, but it's not 311. It's Emerosa, <laughs> who have that. I forget what the name is, like three something. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. I don't remember. <laughs> I fucking hate them now, anyways. So <laughs> Emerosa, Slaves did it. Dayseeker did it. Eternal Void yeah. did it on one of their albums where they they did a couple tracks. Yeah. Bands definitely have been doing that recently. I think this is the first time a band will be doing a full entire album of revisions yeah. or reimagines, however they want to say it. My tough part about it is 
I'm okay. First of all, a band can do whatever the fuck they want with their music. We will always sure. have the original music. So we're not complaining about that or saying they shouldn't be doing it. That's their own choice. They can do whatever they want. Let's just put that aside for now. Mm-hmm. My issue more is that I haven't heard a reimagined song that is better than the original. Yeah, I mean, I can empathize with that. I can't really think of anything off the top of my head. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I was just saying, I like some reimagined tracks. Yeah. But, you know, you just mentioned Dayseeker. I really enjoyed the uh, some of Dayseeker's reimagined versions of their tracks. But do I prefer them over the original? Typically, no. Right. And I don't know if there's actually anyone out there who has ever told me, oh, I like this song more than the original. I just, I've never heard that. I will always keep an open mind because you never really know. But in general, when anyone says they're doing a reimagine, that's just like, ah, now I have something else I have to listen to. Right. Uh, I don't know if this would fall under reimagined, but I remember back in the day when it was the early 2000s when Linkin Park released that entire album that was like kind of, I guess they would be like remixed or reimagined yeah, versions remixed, of all yeah. their, yeah, they would be all remixed versions. And when I listen to that, you know, maybe this is along the same lines, maybe not, but when I listen to that, it's a, it's the same way I kind of listen to all reimagined tracks where I'm just like, all right, you know, like I see what they were trying to do with this, you know, and it's cool. Like, you know, we were just saying, you know, they can do whatever they want, Yeah, but it's more of just like, uh, like what, and I'm not like saying this in a demeaning way, but like, what was the point of this? Like, what was the message behind doing this? Yeah, I think I understand bands wanting to be creative. Obviously, we don't want to stifle that ever, you know, but yeah. I think it goes back to the whole, and it's a word people hate, but cash grab. And it gives a band a way to put out their same art as something mm. different that people would have to pay for to get. So even though they have to put work into making the music a different way, they don't really have to put any work into writing lyrics. They don't have to do anything like that in most cases. So to me, it's just another way for them to get money. If that works, I want bands to have more money. So I am fine with that. It's just, it will never be better than the original for me. Right. And don't get me wrong, you know, we're, we're talking specifically about as it is. I like as it is. Yeah, I, I love want to see those guys be. Yeah, and I want to see those guys become more successful. It's just if somebody asks me, would you rather have re- just with any band? Would you rather have reimagined tracks of old songs or new songs? I'm always going to pick new songs. Yeah, and I think especially you and I, we have so much new music to listen to. With especially with the show, even yeah. though even if we weren't doing this, we'd still be seeking out new music. But we have so much right. new music to listen to that it's like, oh, shit, now we have to listen to this because we have to talk about it. But I think really my whole thing is I would love people to let me know, and we'll obviously have plugs at the end of the show, but I'd love people to let me know, are there any reimagined tracks that you really feel are better than the original? So I mean, if I gave you the two songs and I said, forever, you have to listen to this version, would you choose the reimagined over the original? Yeah, I mean, it's a fair point. I think that's a big thing. So we don't have to go that much into it anymore. I think we hit really the main parts and we will continue to listen to all the rest of the tracks that as it is are doing for the Great Depression. Personally, 
my favorite song on that album is the final track, The End. I love that song. Now, if they can make something even more special out of that, I will be extremely impressed. I will come on the show and say, oh, man, for the first time ever, I was wrong. Yeah, we're always, wait, that would be very, I would pay money to hear you say I was wrong. <laughs> I'd forget anything I was about ruh, to say. Ruh, I ruh, 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 ruh. <laughs> I can't even do it. I can't even do it. But I am a very oh, open man. and honest person. So if it did happen, I would definitely come on the show and let everyone know. So until then, I think we are done with seeing news. And we're going to do a segment that we haven't done in a really, really long time. This is the first time that James has ever been here for this segment. And this segment is called Ian's Insights. All right, James, it is Ian's Insights time, and I know you know what we're going to be talking about. I want to talk about scene bands making pop music. I want to talk about the infiltration of pop music into the scene. Now, James, you understand what I'm talking about when I say that? Yeah, yeah, just like how a lot of bands are trying to replicate what's going on in pop music right now. Is that what you're talking about? In a way. In a way, I would say so. Okay. So it's also this newfound, like, I appreciate being open and honest. Obviously, I like being open and honest. I am seeing more people talk about pop music and how, quote unquote, good it is, even in the scene. Now, I'm not going to be just complaining. I mean, this isn't really a rant section. It's more of a discussion about something that I've noticed that I really don't like. And I think it stems back a long time ago being in like high school and being in middle school and listening to this style of music. There was no pop influence in this music. There were no, everyone wasn't like, oh, well, I listened to fucking Under Oath, but then I also listened to Backstreet Boys. You know what I mean? There wasn't that mixing. It was always us versus them. That was the way it was. You know, the bands that we listened to, they took over MTV for a while. It was the counterculture back when AP and Rock Sound, now maybe not even Rock Sound, I forget how long they've been around, but like AP would actually, or All Press in this case, would actually cover only exclusively bands in the scene, bands that we like. You would never catch them talking about Ariana Grande or Taylor Swift or the shitty bands that they talk about now. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, dude, back in the day, I love bringing up this story because I hear it in interviews whenever I listen to this particular band. But Korn back in the day would talk about the video for Freak on a Leash being on TRL in in the same cycle as Britney Spears and NSYNC. Yeah, for sure. And it was a war. Like, I specifically remember people older than me trying to call into TRL so that they could get corn higher on the list so we could beat those pieces of shit who make pop music. Right. And it wasn't that 
the bands wanted to be popular. It wasn't that the fans wanted the bands to be more popular. It was that they wanted to stick it to the people that like pop music. That's what they wanted. They wanted to take over and not be popular themselves, but take over the situation. That's the way people used to work. Now, though, there's a lot of pop mainstream being covered by the scene and infiltrating the scene. And one of the things that I was very, very surprised about, and maybe it's just, I, maybe I am out of touch with this kind of stuff, maybe, but when the Jonas Brothers announced a reunion and a new track, people in our scene were freaking out about it and not ironically. They were very excited for an actual new Jonas Brothers track. And now I have never ever heard the Jonas Brothers. Sure. And the thing is, why why would I? Why would I listen? It's the same reason why I don't listen to other boy bands. Why would I listen to them? So James, I think you might be one of those people. So do you want to you want to talk a little bit about this? <laughs> sure. Uh I will put a disclaimer out there and say that I have not heard the new Jonas Brothers track. Oh, uh okay. you know, just hasn't have you know, just haven't really gotten around to it. Uh but <laughs> I will say that I I grew up watching Disney Channel sure. and the Jonas Brothers the Jonas Brothers yeah they were a part of the generation that I of the shows that I grew up with mm-hmm. like um I forget what they were on before like they cuz they had a show called Jonas okay but I can't I can't remember if I actually watched that show I just remember they were a huge part of Disney. Like South Park did an entire episode of, on oh, them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because they were enormous back in, you know, like 10 years ago. And, you know, I'm a young guy. I'm 22. So 10 years ago, I would have been 12. Right, right, right. So that was like the demographic of people my age. So like people that are uh, like generally like two years younger than me and two years older than me, a lot of us are in this scene now you know we're all grown adults that go to these shows so i think it's weirdly this mix of nostalgia but also kind of enjoying the music now i will say personally like i like the jonas brothers like ironically because <laughs> yeah cause cover yourself like, cover yourself all right yeah because i'm just like I can't believe I used to listen to this. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, it's kind of one of those things that, like, I'll, I'll be real. It's the same way I listen to Limp Biscuit. It's just like, you know, one per episode. Yeah. It's the same way I listen to them. I'm just like, this music is subjectively bad, but I love it. <laughs> well, so am I wrong? Are they, they're a boy band, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. They're okay. So then I guess if you're talking about mixing in nostalgia, that's why you would, you know, listen to the new track whenever you get around to it. But then yeah. why not now? Why don't you listen to fucking Backstreet Boys just had a new album come out? Like, why aren't you listening to that? Why aren't you listening to the J-pop bands that are out there or the K-pop bands? Like, why them and not all this other really shitty pop music? I mean, I never got into J-pop, but I will say that, like, <laughs> I kind of listen to Backstreet Boys in the same way where I'm just like, this music is subjectively bad, but it's somewhat catchy, so whatever. <laughs> That's where, I guess, when I grew up watching, like, when you talk about the Disney Channel and stuff, my, I guess, sure. my generation, technically, for that was, like, Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide. 
Like that's yeah. my show there, even Stevens somewhat, yeah. you know, like that kind of thing. So there was no band, I guess, to attach myself to. Yeah. Well, Nancy Classified was on Nick, but you know, oh, like, same okay. difference. Sorry. Yeah. See, that's the thing. I no, even forget kidding. that shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just yeah, saying like, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just, just going to say, it's the same thing with like, I don't know. I don't know if you remember the Naked Brothers band. Yeah, I do. But show. I never, I never liked that show, but I, I know what you're talking about. Sure. Sure. It's the, it, like to me, the Naked Brothers band and the Jonas Brothers or whatever TV show they won, those are like one and the same to me. Okay. It's just like all those like pop bands from like the mid to late 2000s. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just all like whatever to me. Like if somebody throws them on, I'm just like, this music is kind of bad. <laughs> but, oh, it's really bad. <laughs> but I I grew up with it, so I guess there's some kind of weird nostalgia attachment to it. So, like, I totally get... I was thinking about this when you wrote this in the outline. I can totally get why you just hate the Jonas Brothers, because you don't really have anything attached to them. Yeah, but I guess, and this might go way, way in depth that we don't need to, because we have other stuff we have to get to in the segment, but it's more like, yeah, I grew up at the tail end of Britney Spears and fucking uh, Christina Aguilera and all that shit, but I don't have any nostalgic feelings for their music so when they go oh we're coming out with a new album or if i happen to be at a bar where someone fucking puts their shit on you know the jukebox i don't go oh yeah no this is really good because i have an attachment from it from before sure yeah that's fair i mean i never really listened to christina aguilera but i grew up with britney spears yeah it's she's one of those people that like i'll normally never go out of my way to listen to unless I'm being just stupid around my friends. Sure. But, you know, if somebody puts it on like at the bar or something, I'm just like, oh yeah, I remember this song. <laughs> and that's really just the, ex- that's really just the extent of it is for me. I gotcha. And I, it's not that I want to hold it against people. I'm just worried yeah. and it's going to be very melodramatic, but I am just worried about the scene and seeing music where, sure, the Jonas Brothers thing happened, and that's whatever. But then, you also have the bands that we've talked about for fucking forever. We have Bring Me the Horizon being an EDM pop band. We have Issues getting rid of Michael Bond and deciding that they're just going to be, you know, that really poppy, almost boy band-ish core group. And, I mean, if you see Issues now, they barely play any of their old material and most of it is very very pop and we could go on and talk about band after band that is doing this and once again not holding against them that they'll get more money because they most likely will i i totally understand that but then you get to something where we're not even going to play this track on the show and i wasn't even (laughs) planning on talking about it but we kind of have to because i mentioned Michael Bond either leaving or getting kicked out of issues, whichever one it actually is. He just premiered his new track with, I guess, is the band's name Wild Heart or Wild Hearts? I think it's Wild Hearts. I'd have to look again. It's something along those lines. Well, here's the deal. I'm giving them a free plug, even though I wasn't going to talk about them, because Michael Bond is kind of an asshole. So here's the thing. (laughs) I got sent the single early. So they they released one single. And I listened yeah. to it and I thought that the person who sent it to me was doing a joke. 
I thought mm. it was a complete joke. Just be like, oh, listen to Michael Bond's new band. Like, and then it's not actually that. It's just whatever generic pop. It turns out sure. that Bond isn't even the lead vocalist or even a vocalist in Wild Heart or Wild Hearts. He is the drummer. I am certainly not putting down drummers because drumming is very hard to do and they're integral to a band. Sure. But when you say, hey, for months and months or a year plus since he got out of issues, when he says, you're not ready for the band that I have now, you're not ready for this music, it's going to blow you away, blah, blah, blah. And then you're not even the vocalist. That's really fucking weird. Yeah, like, I don't want to call it misleading, but it's kind of along those lines because, I mean, dude, he got famous being the co-vocalist of Issues. Yeah, like, exactly. That's what he was famous for. And for him to announce he's going to have a new band, and that's it. He's right. just, I have, a, I have a new band. I have new music. You know, just, you know, hold your horses. Right. And that's all you say. When you're not the singer of your new band, people are just like, okay, like, what happened? <laughs> well, right. And actually, not even a whole lot of people question him on that. And I don't know. I'm assuming this is alleged, but I'm assuming that he got a huge payout from issues. That's what I'm sure. assuming. Because also, he won't talk about what happened. He won't yeah. do any interviews about them. So I'm assuming he got, he got hush money, basically, sure. is what I'm alleging. Yeah. It's not even necessarily about that. If he had gone to a good band and played drums where he was showing off his drumming skill, I would be like, okay, that's cool. But instead, he makes this band Wild Hearts. I'm just going to call him Wild Hearts because I don't give a fuck. Mm -hmm. He makes his band Wild Hearts. They put out this track. He's a drummer, but it is extreme generic pop. Yeah. Extra, like there, we shouldn't even be talking about it on the show. It was so who gives a shit, untalented. Like he's not even playing the drums well in it because the song does not. It doesn't call for drums. Yeah, and just like this to me, and you know what? Like people know that I'm a musician. Yep. I'm an artist. Me too. I want. Yeah, exactly. I want bands. You know, more than a lot of people to get paid for doing what they love to do. But I honestly, and you know what? I don't care if people get mad when I say this. Yeah. I <laughs> I generally think when bands go in this direction, it is to fast track the way for them to get paid. Absolutely. For sure. I, I can understand if you have such a love for pop music that that's what you want to do. Like, I, I honestly believe Ollie and them love pop music. And that's yeah. why they're in the direction that they're going. With this shit... And it is shit. Like, the only person that showed any talent was their vocalist. That sure. was the only person that showed talent in that song. But the lyrics were derivative and boring. The whole band is generic and mundane. And if you listen to that song and you're blown away, then you shouldn't be listening to the music that we listen to on a regular basis. You should listen to the fucking radio and listen to whatever pop stars are doing because that has no talent except that there were some instruments in it sure and it just i don't know man it's it's just frustrating that because it's not just michael bond's new band there's so many bands that are trying to do stuff similar to this yeah and that's what i'm worried about we'll always be an alternative show 
to that type of music. But the reason right. why I'm attacking him right now, like there is a reason why I'm doing that. And that's because after the single came out to everybody, he wrote a tweet and I'm going to read it verbatim. He said, if the sole reason you don't like our song is the fact that it's not metal or has no screaming in it, then it's time you open up that mind of yours, exclamation point. I just feel sorry for you for be- for <laughs> for being <laughs> stuck in a box, exclamation point. I'm perfectly yeah. okay with Wild Heart not being for you, exclamation point. Wasn't meant for you anyways, exclamation point. Now, right there is what you call in the industry a dick move. Oh, yeah. All right. So he is now talking down to anyone that doesn't like his music. Now, I, this, this tweet actually doesn't apply to me because I already mentioned many reasons why I don't like the song. It has nothing sure. to do with no screaming. It has nothing to do with it not being metal. I wanted a good song. That is right. not a good song. It's generic pop bullshit. Now, I don't know how anyone can argue that. I don't know how anyone can say, oh, no, Ian, you're wrong about that. Like, I, I honestly don't, because that that's worse than what most of Bring Me the Horizon put out. Because at least Bring Me the Horizon were trying to be different than our scene without completely making, like, it was pop music and it was EDM, but it at least sure. sounded a little bit different. That sounds like it came from a Disney Channel thing. Yeah. You know like, what I bring mean? Me th- yeah, like Bring Me the Horizon. It actually like it sounded like they're the new version of Bring Me the Horizon. Like they were actually putting effort into their music. Yeah, right. And, I, you know, I would call I would call what Wildheart did like Maroon Five, Imagine Dragons, Coldplay. Sure, and I, I get frustrated because it's not just Michael Bond that's saying things like this. Like I, you know, can I can I talk can I talk real quick about. Uh, the other thing I was telling you about earlier. Yeah, of course. Go uh, ahead. Like the dude from Imagine Dragons, which is a band I don't like. You know, I'll just get that, sure. that out of the way. <laughs> sure. That tattoo <laughs> says something different, though. Oh, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'll just get out of the way. I don't really like Imagine Dragons. Not a comment on who they are as people. I just don't like their music. Sure. And the reason why I say it like that is because Corey Taylor you know, along with some other people, but I'm mainly going to talk about Corey Taylor, right. obviously from Slipknot and Stone Sour. Mm-hmm. He came out and said, I think Imagine Dragons fucking sucks. Yeah. And that was his opinion. It was nothing else. That's what, and he basically was just saying that Imagine Dragons is the new Nickelback. Sure. In terms of how many people just totally just give them crap. And then the singer of Imagine Dragons goes online and says, Wow, I wish the rock and metal community was more supportive. Right. And that really rubbed me the wrong way because instead of paying attention to the millions of, you know, you would call them rubes that that love their music, he right. only focuses on the people that hate that do not like their music. And it's like all right, dude, like in terms of like the guy from Imagine Dragons and Michael Bond, there's obviously people that enjoy what you're doing. So why do you care so much about right. what we, the alternative people, think? Exactly. If this is what you want to do, why do you care so much about what we think? Exactly. And that's kind of what I'm getting to as well. I 
understand people wanting to be liked by everybody. I totally right. get it. I think that's a very human flaw that a lot of us have, for sure. I, I know I suffer from it from time to time. But you have to know that sometimes you have to go it on your own. You don't think that there are people that are listening to this right now that are extremely pissed off with me? Like, they're yeah. really, really pissed off at how I'm going at Michael. But by the way, I wouldn't be going at him right now if he didn't send a tweet like that. We wouldn't have even talked about Wildheart on the show at all. Right. Like, if he had just came out with Wildheart, put out his new music, and that was it, I would have been like, all right, you know what, man? It ain't my thing, but you do you. Yeah. But. Yeah. I. I you're right. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're right. Look. I do want to mention there were a couple people that I was surprised actually spoke up against Michael. Now, they didn't tag him, which I wish mm -hmm. they would have because I always do enjoy that. When I made fun of him, I, you know, I retweeted and tagged him because, you know, I'm sure he doesn't care what I have to think, but I still did it anyways. I was very sarcastic. But yeah. now I was surprised about this. So Steven from Chelsea Grin, he wrote a reply of his own to, I guess, what Michael was saying. Yeah. He said, if some people don't like your band, definitely don't take to the internet telling them they need to expand their horizons or that you don't give a shit about their opinion anyway. Listeners don't need to change anything for you and tweeting about it is giving a shit. Right. And then what was also funny, which I didn't know, was that Landon Tours, obviously friend of the show, Landon Tours, he wrote to Steven and said... The band dudes that claim they give no fucks are always the ones who give the most fucks. Yeah. And it's just both of them are extremely true. Now, we often take the side of bands deciding to do whatever they want. How many times have we said on the show we should copyright it? Bands can right. do whatever the fuck they want to do. Absolutely. But don't tell me that my mind needs to be expanded or my horizons need to be expanded because I don't like what you do. I think that's absolutely fucking ridiculous that anyone would say that because that's simply not how it works with music. It doesn't work with art that way. You can't expand your horizons if you don't like that music. That's honestly, right. him saying that about Wildheart is like if someone told me, hey man, come on, you need to expand your horizons and listen to the Jonas Brothers. Yeah. It's just, it's not right. It's not right. And I appreciate when people in the scene come to the aid, in a way, of fans and letting bands know, we don't have to change for you. Just like I don't expect you to change for us, don't expect me to go out of my way to change for you. That It just doesn't work that way. Right. And here's the thing that people don't understand, is that just because you don't like somebody's music does not equal you don't like them as a person. Right. I've had friends who I who were in local bands that I did not like their music at all, but I would hang out with them any day of the week. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And you look, know? now I will say I disliked Wild Heart just because they're generic pop. Now mm -hmm. I do dislike Michael as a person yeah. because of what he did. You know, sure. but there are plenty of bands. I mean, look, we talked about on the show, I don't like the new Bring Me the Horizon, sure. but I like Bring Me the Horizon and I don't have anything against the people that are in the band. Sure. I mean, and you know, for me personally, like I know there's going to come a day 
where, you know, I start finally get the band thing going. I know there's going to be that day where I read online that, yeah, James Bazenka, his singing sucks or his screaming sucks. Sure. And I'm going to be like, oh, okay, that's fine. Well, you like, hope. Not- I mean, look, <laughs> I, I can tell you for sure. It does affect sometimes when you put so much work into something and not yeah. everyone likes it. It does hurt a bit, like <laughs> for sure. Yeah. But it goes with the territory of what you do. Sure. Like you cannot be in this industry and have thin skin. It just does not work. No, it can't work. It, it just can't. And look, we do try in most cases to talk about music that we love on the show, even though it says Ian hates music. Sure. I definitely try and talk way more about music that we like than you know music that we don't. Now, it does come up from time to time, and I do like making jokes about things. But I, I am telling you the honest truth. The only thing we probably would have said about Wildheart is, hey, their new track came out. Michael is on drums, he's not singing, and it's a pop band. So if you like that, you can go listen to it. But we sure. wouldn't talk about it here. The only reason why we're doing this is because of that shithead tweet he put out. Yeah, I mean, it's like the same thing of with Emerosa. Like, we would have just said a similar thing Yeah. if Bradley hadn't gone and... <laughs> Bradley. <laughs> Brad. That's <laughs> such a douche hadn't... name. <laughs> like if he hadn't done that like freaking article you know what i mean yeah and i even said when we ripped apart that article i did mention i appreciate him being open and honest about the way he feels but he still said some shit that i don't fucking agree with and it was very condescending so now yeah. i am going to return that condescending tone because i can handle myself in an argument and i can talk back I mean, that's why we have Mike's. He had his way of expressing himself. We have our way of expressing ourselves. So that's really the point. It's just very weird to me that the scene is so fractured right now. And maybe that's just evolution. Like, I don't like using evolution a lot because normally evolution means you're getting better or something has evolved in you that allows you to adapt better. That's, That's what evolution is. So or it's the WWE tag team. <laughs> <laughs> it's the women's revolution and evolution. That's what it is. Hey, hey, but look, I honestly, that's the whole point. So I don't even know necessarily Ian's insights don't often have a point besides just talking about something sure. that I'm noticing in the scene that happens to be one of them. I, I really don't want bands to go in the pop direction. I I want them to do it if they want to do it. Like if that's what they want to do because they love that style of music, that's completely fine. But what I think the worry I have is that people are doing it for the wrong reasons. And we as a scene kind of need to stand up and support the bands that don't do that. The ones that stick, like I was having a conversation with someone recently. I like when a band does something new. I definitely yeah. do. Like, take, well, I, I love this example. The plot and you have changed so much over their careers and they evolved from their original sound to what yeah. they are now. That's yeah. how you do something new and you do it well. When I look at bands like Bring Me the Horizon, Under Oath, Emerosa, maybe Asking Alexandria a little bit, like the, the list mm-hmm. goes on and on. I don't think that those bands did their change of direction well. Yeah. That that's my problem 
And then with people supporting those bands as much as they do, it makes it seem like to other bands, oh, wait, we should also do that because that's going to get us attention, money, whatever it happens to be. We as a scene need to support the bands that continue to make good music. It doesn't have to be exactly the same as all their previous releases, but it still has to be fucking good. Right, and I was talking to you earlier in the week, and maybe they're not technically in the scene, but we've they've been talked on about they've been talked about on the show before, so I'm going to include them. Sure. But to me, Breaking Benjamin is the perfect example of a band evolving and staying true to their sound mm-hmm. and still writing music that's extremely popular in the modern era. Yeah, and got even more popular while doing the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. So, and I'm not saying that every band has to be like fucking Breaking Benjamin. No, no, I, that's not saying at all. <laughs> there are bands that we could we could even make a list of bands that really have evolved over the years. And when I say evolved, that does not mean that they just changed. It means that they got better. That's exactly. the whole point. Fallout Boy didn't get better. Bring Me the Horizon didn't get better. Amorosa did not get better. They made music that people might like. But that's because you like pop music. Right. There is no new band out there that is making you love pop music. You already like pop music. So that's completely fine. But as seen people, as people that like metalcore and post-hardcore and cores, you know, pop punk as well, I think, goes in the scene too. We need to support the people that are still making our music. Otherwise... Bands are going to see that they can't make money doing this. Like, the best we'll get are side projects of pop bands making the music we like. And we're not supposed to be an afterthought. We're the alternative to the popular. Exactly. So that does not mean that we ourselves aren't also popular. We're just not with the masses. But we can have our own mass. We can have our own group. And our own scene. That's where the fucking word scene comes from. Right. So people love to use it. They love to pretend they know what scene means. Yeah. And I mean, dude, like, I, I, I thought about this recently. I mean, Carolina Rebellion, which is one of, like, the big uh, festivals for this type of music. Yeah. Like, last year, they had 90,000 people in attendance. Right. So to anybody that says, like, oh, this kind of music isn't viable or this kind of music just, you know, can't make money, just... Shut the hell up. Do your homework. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's the big deal is, yeah, actually go to live shows. Like, I love people talking about it who don't know music. So they don't go to live shows. Now, some people can't because of where they live. I totally get that. But I'm talking about people that make the choice not to go to live music. That's where bands get supported. That's where you see the people. So when you look around and you see all these shows sold out, there's a reason why they're still selling out. Mm Mm-hmm. So anyways, I think that's good. I still say fuck Michael Bond for his comment. I don't care about his fucking band. We will not be covering them in the future unless he continues to say stupid stuff. Maybe this is a marketing thing, but I don't think so because I don't think he's that smart, especially if you put out a, a tweet like that. So fuck him. I appreciate that he's being honest, but that does not mean I agree with what he said. So sure, we'll leave it at that. That is another Ian's Insights. I hope you all enjoyed that. But for now, it is time for new songs.
It is new song time. I am going to tell you the name of an artist, their new track. Then I'm going to play a snippet of their new track as well. Make sure you go look up the artist, buy the track, listen to the track, pre-order their new albums, and support everyone here. We are going to begin with After the Burial, Behold the Crown. Enterprise Earth, Sleep is for the Dead. Bad Religion, Chaos from Within. Rarity shall win again. Thought Crimes, Artificer. Selfish things drained. Self-worth, paper skin. Periphery. Garden in the Bones. Oh, 
Coletta, Wonderlust. Show me the body, Madonna Rocket. New Year's Day, shut up. The Machinist, No Peace. Holding Absence, Monochrome. Blessing a curse, rat race. Heaven's sake, bleach. Alright everyone, it is new song time. You just heard a bunch of snippets of songs. So I'm going to start with James. James, what did you think? Yeah, uh, there were a lot of really cool songs this week. Um, I think my main uh, standout on the positive side was the new Periphery track. Okay, uh, sure. I'm actually a, uh, believe it or not, I'm a pretty closet periphery fan. So... <laughs> Uh, I like a lot of their work, and like I said in, I think, a previous episode, they release an album every six weeks, so yep. I'm all about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that track as well. I like what they're doing. I think they're being a little bit more focused 
in their music, though this one obviously has some tangents for sure. But Spencer's got a great fucking voice. They're all super talented. And this is a time that I think they are solo, independent, no label. So I know this means a lot to them. So I think they'll just put everything they can possibly do into it. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I totally agree with that. And I actually also want to talk about the track by The Machinist. And I really wanted to point out that band because I've actually known about them for a couple of years now. They're semi-local to me. They're from Queens, New York. But uh, there was a time period where they were playing in my area like every other month. Ah, so okay. I would see them all the time. And I think they're really cool because... Uh, they're a female-fronted band. Uh, I don't really care if people get angry at that terminology. I'm just going to say that. Because <laughs> <laughs> apparently people get really mad by that term, but I don't care. It's fine. Here's the thing. It's not that female-fronted is a genre. It's sure. that you're making the distinction because there still aren't as many female-fronted bands as there are male-fronted bands. That's just fact. So. Sure. If, we, if I want to say it, I'm going to fucking say it, and I think you should as well. It's not that it's a genre of music. I would never put The Machinist yeah, in the same fucking genre as Paramore. You right. know what I mean? Like, they're, they're way, I wouldn't even put The Machinist in the same category as Red-Handed Denial, because oh, The Machinist is way more on the hardcore side. Right. And uh, I think The Machinist is really cool, because uh, it seems like with this new track, they're going towards, like you said, a more hardcore route, but... When I first started seeing them, they were straight up deathcore, oh, and okay. like that that girl, I think her name is Amanda. I mean, she can go lower woman. than some. Yeah, woman. <laughs> Twenty nineteen. Come on, James. Uh, <laughs> uh, she can go lower than some dudes that I've heard live, and I was, I was literally taken aback. Like the first time I ever saw the Machinist, when I saw her hanging out with one of the bands, like. Uh, I'm not saying this to be mean, but I just thought she was like one of the one of the guys like girlfriends in the band. Sure. But then I saw her like get up on stage and I was like, oh, no, she's the singer. <laughs> right. Well, that I mean, let's be honest, that fucking shit happens. I mean, I don't know a whole lot of like gay relationships that happen in bands. So it's not like we're automatically going to assume, oh, yeah, the guitarist in that all male band is dating the vocalist. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't sure. happen as often i'm sure it's there but we don't really see it that often so how are you really going to know if or how are you going to know who the vocalist is anyways sure yeah i mean the vocalist i mean you and i both sing and yeah a singer really doesn't have a look so it's kind of just person to person yeah they're not fucking you know you know singers and vocalists don't have to help set things up so it's not like yeah, they're right. gonna have a fucking <laughs> instrument on <laughs> exactly <laughs> We're the kings, baby. <laughs> That's right. That is fucking right. Yeah, no, I, I get it. Now, I found that video a little hard to watch as yeah. well as it being a little bit repetitive. But sure. I now have them on my map so I can hear more from them. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to point them out because I'm pretty proud of them that they went from just being a local-ish band that has just been grinding. For and sure. now, they're, now they're signed to Prosthetic Records, so I'm sure... You know, they're going to hopefully be touring soon. Very cool. Anyone else? Yeah, uh, I think the only other main highlight for me was... Uh, uh, actually, this may not be a surprise because of one of the songs I talked about last week, but believe it or not, I actually was really big into Bad Religion. Yeah, that was a fun song. Yeah, yeah. I um, 
I actually have a really closet love for punk rock, like I said last week, just because it's like stuff I grew up on. And obviously Bad Religion is one of like the the OG punk rock bands, if you want to call them that. Like they were one of the bands that helped form that genre, like in my opinion. For sure. So, uh, yeah, I got no, it was a fun track. It was a lot of, you know, and I think actually the singer of Bad Religion was the guy that founded Epitaph Records. Ah, okay. Sure. So it, it makes sense that it's coming out on Epitaph Records because I think he owns that label. Yeah. So. And Epitaph seemed to have a lot of the quote-unquote older bands on their roster as well. Sure. Yeah. That's bound to happen. All right. Well, I have way more songs to talk about. So <laughs> I want to make special note of After the Burial. I thought that song was a lot of fun. I especially enjoyed the guitar work in that track. Yeah, the... I did, excuse me, I did like the track. There were just some parts of like the, I don't know if you'd call it like chord progression, but mm-hmm. there were just some parts of it that were a little eerie to me. Like, uh, and usually I like eerie, but maybe this time, maybe eerie is not the right word, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> there was, just, I, I, don't get me wrong, I liked the song. It was more of just, I think I'm going to probably liked other songs in the album when it comes out. I'm still going to check out the album when it comes out. Well, of course, just, yeah. Yeah, this single didn't quite do it for me, but I do like After the Burial. I think they're a good band. Yeah. So. Yeah, did you say Burial? Yeah, Burial. I thought it was supposed to be Burial. It's it's Burial. What the fuck? <laughs> Everyone screws me up on how to say that fucking shit. So wait. I don't know. I... <laughs> so wait, I thought B-U-R-Y is supposed to be Barry. I, I've always said Burry. That's what I Bur- fucking said. Didn't you, <laughs> didn't you remember the epic battle that i had with fucking dave and jackson for fucking ever about how to say that that's that's why i say it like that because i sided with you i was like no it's it's burry like it's that it sounds cooler why would you say barry yeah that's what i said too (laughs) yeah all right i'm gonna go back to saying burry then as well yeah yeah after the burial there we go i like that better all right burry you're dead burry yeah that's what i always said ah fuck him all right (laughs) moving on also Friend of the show, Rarity, finally had a brand new track come out. I think it's, how do you say it? It's Shall Win Again? Yeah. I think. That's my best guess. Yeah. And they have, I was surprised at how early the new album is coming out at the end of March. And I don't think that they're with Rise Records anymore. So obviously I'm hoping to have Adam back on the show. He's been on the show a couple times at least. So looking forward to talking to him again. Really liked the direction they were going in. They kept, you know, the same heaviness, the same melody. Like, I really enjoyed that. So I'm hoping for more in the future as well. Mm-hmm. Then a band I'd never heard of before, Selfish Things, with Drained, I believe. And that had William Ryan Key of Yellow Card. Pure Noise Records is doing a really great job with their bands. Dude, Pure Noise is killing it. They really Honestly. are. They're a huge, like, they're not up and coming. They've been around for a long time, but they are doing, whoever is making their signings really know what they're doing. Oh, yeah. Like, they know the scene in and out, so. Yeah. No, no, for sure. So, definitely check that out. New band there. And then, another band that I think is going to be really, really big in the scene, Holding Absence. That monochrome track was really fucking Mm -hmm. good. And they're one, actually, we're going to be doing a review of their album because it comes out this week. Yeah, buddy. Then two more. Blessing a curse. I love that type of shit. 
that yeah, that, that was, is me that has ian written all over that style of music yeah i was really that was the sleeper hit for me that was one i forgot to mention i really like that song yeah it was really good i love that screamo post-hardcore goth vibe like that's i'm all about that i am ghost like there's just tons of bands that i love that do that and then last on the list is a very you know it's a small band it's a band that not a lot of people know but i think they really should it's a band called heaven's sake i've talked about them on the show before they've got an ep coming out very soon but they have the new track bleach and once again that post-hardcore screamo vibe i'm all about it absolutely so yeah I think everyone, make sure you check out all those bands, listen to the full tracks, support them. But we have a lot to talk about, so we are going to move on to our favorite part of the show. All right, everyone, favorite time of the show means that it is album review time. Now, once again, there were so many albums this so week. Many. So many. We even got rid of some. But some of these, I'm just going to let people know. I'm going to I'm going to be very coarse. I'm going to be very coarse. I'm going to be very short because a lot of these pissed me off. Even the ones we <laughs> even the ones we fucking kept in, a lot of them annoyed me. But there is a ton of really, really good stuff, so we are going to get to that, obviously, as well. But we're going to start right away with a band called Surroundings, Glass Heart, and this is a self-release. They are progressive metalcore slash hardcore from Australia. This is their sophomore album. It is 11 tracks. Once again, when I say progressive metalcore, hardcore, clean and unclean vocals, and by the way, I'm pretty sure it's one person which is pretty damn impressive. So I wanted to mention that as well. But I actually really enjoyed this. I thought there was a lot of range and talent. You know, I heard a lot of passion in what they were doing. Good guitar work. I think everything worked really well. James, what did you think? Yeah, I really like this this uh, release. I thought it was a nice mix of like ambience and heaviness. Because that's, like that's like my jam. That like uh, just gets me on. If you know what I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, it just—it's like he, Ian was saying. There's like, a, sorry, I can't talk today. Uh, <laughs> I go through it too. Right. It's like almost Ian was saying. Like there was this mix of like melodic hardcore and progressive metalcore. Like immediately when I was listening to this, I was like, this is almost like Counterparts and Northlane like having a baby. Yeah, that's it, a that's a good description. Yeah, because I don't know. It just took what I love about both of those bands and just put it into one. So I was, I was a big fan of this. Yeah. I got, I got no complaints really. Yeah. I'm going to have to go back and listen to their first album as well. But yeah, it's once again, Australia has some really great, especially melodic hardcore bands. They have some really good metalcore bands. They, they're doing a really great job over there. So whatever they're yeah. doing, I hope they continue. But yeah, I look forward to listening to more of their music. They're obviously on the map for me as well. I think people are really going to enjoy it. I think the biggest thing I felt in it was passion. And a lot of times, that's what you really need in this music. So once again, make sure to check out Surroundings, Glass Heart, and it's a self-release. 
Next up, the one EP we have is Life Itself, The More You Love, The More You Lose, and it's also a self-release. This is Melodic Hardcore. It's their debut EP, seven tracks, and one of them is an intro track where it's like 23 seconds of strumming, <laughs> and then it gets to it. But once again, we all know my issues with in, you know intro tracks and interludes or whatever, but they did it. Then you get into the unclean vocals that are in that like mid-range, definitely melodic hardcore. There were some clean vocals that were overlaid once in a while, but very sparingly. This was yeah. way more on the unclean vocal side. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I really have to say about it is it's just good old-fashioned melodic hardcore. So if that's your thing, which it is for me, you're going to really like this. Yeah. And if you don't, then it's probably not for you. Yeah. But I thought this was a really good release. Yeah, I thought they did a really good job, especially for a debut EP. I would say, for me, the drumming was the big standout. I was really into that the entire way. It was really driving. I thought they did a great job with that. The only like technical, you know, like bad thing maybe you could say about it is that in a crowded scene like melodic hardcore is, I n- sure. I'm not sure they did that much to stand out. Sure. And like, I don't know, it's their first EP, so I'm not going to give them too much crap well, right. over yeah. that. So, this band is definitely on my radar and I definitely think if they can pull off like a very first EP like this, I think they're only going to grow. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think the same thing as well. So once again, that's life itself. The more you love, the more you lose. And it's a self-release. Now we've got Bleed Someone Dry. It's warm, (laughs) unorthodox, (laughs) and it's on Wormhole Death, all one word, (laughs) records. I have never heard of that record. (laughs) Wormhole Death. Wormhole Death. Yeah, why not? That's what I like (laughs) to say. Why not? It is Deathcore. This is their fourth album, which is pretty damn impressive. Ten tracks. And now I enjoy... High, creepy, deathcore whales. I do. I've always been honest about it. I've never hidden that fact. I like that. Now, there's lots of growling as well on this. Obviously, the very deathcore lows and whatnot. But I enjoy when there are lots more of the whales. They're kind of scattered throughout here. But anytime that happens, that's a big highlight for me. Yeah. And it's funny. I actually don't... Because it's like we don't hear this too often in deathcore, but... Uh, I actually thought the clean singing was really well done, and because I mean it's pretty sparse; it's only in a couple of songs. Yeah. But I would really like if, and you know, a lot of deathcore elitists are just like, no, no, right. heavy only, heavy right. only. <laughs> but I, I would honestly, you know, speaking on my opinions of the new Whitechapel last week, I would love to hear more of this guy's clean singing because I think it's really well done. Um. The only <laughs> the only issue I really have with this release is the song Elysium has the most yes. used speech <laughs> I have ever heard used in music. Now I will give them credit; they did change the tone of the guy's voice. Like I didn't hear 
that specific speech in that voice before. Like, I don't know if they had one of their members do it or well, they just like it sounded like voice they made it sound like it was like a movie monologue that was stripped from a movie and then they right. didn't do anything with it. Like they recorded it that way. So it sounded like it was something from the past in a movie. I don't know. It's hard to explain, but I totally get and it's a four minute song. Yeah, that was See, really weird. Yeah, in my opinion, and I think I talked to you about this, like, the only, especially in this genre, like, deathcore, the only band I've ever heard being able to properly use movie quotes in their music is the Acacia Strain. Ah, Because sure. it, set, it sets the mood in the song, and it's only one section of the song. It's not like most bands where it'll be the entire song. I don't know. I, I do. Th- I did like this band. I just, <laughs> I just needed to talk about that. No, I... I had it to talk about as well. Believe me. Yeah. For sure. I just hear that speech way too much. <laughs> yeah. But I can at least say, you know, there's some really good stuff on this album. Fun chugs, fun breakdowns, tempo changes. I'm a huge fan of deathcore drumming. So that yeah. was a big deal for me. But yeah, I think that was the only hindrance, really. And <laughs> really, it's also another thing where with so many deathcore bands, you know, do they stand out? I don't know. Maybe not. But they've been around for a while, and I think people should give them a chance. I'd like to see them live. I enjoyed this. The only sure. one, the only weird thing was Elysium. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm the same way. So once again, that's Bleed Someone Dry, Unorthodox, on my favorite record label, Wormhole Death <laughs> Records. Absolutely. All right, now we've got Demon Hunter, War and Peace on Solid State Records. Now this is, all right, we have to split this up because it is a double album. There's mm-hmm. War and there's Peace. Each of them have 10 tracks each, no filler whatsoever, which I was very happy about. And then this is their ninth and 10th releases respectively, which is mm-hmm. crazy to think about that they have that many albums out, but they definitely do. I would say for Peace, it's way more on the like radio rock metal kind of edge. And then for War, it's on that metalcore progressive metal edge. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, I don't have any qualms with that. So like it's a double album, I didn't know which one to listen to. I listened Mm. to Peace first. Okay. What did you listen to? I listened to War and Then Peace. Oh, uh, like the book. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I work in a book warehouse. What do you expect? hey <laughs> But um, did you want to go or should I go? I don't know. You can go. Go ahead. Okay. So to me personally, like I mentioned, I think an episode, episode or two ago, I have been a fan of Demon Hunter for a few years now. Mm-hmm. And I've pretty much enjoyed whatever they've done that I've listened to. I haven't heard every album, but every album that I have heard, I have enjoyed. Um, and for me, like, I feel like each album respectively was a love letter to the fans that have enjoyed either side. So like for war, um, it was to the fans that preferred the heavier side of demon hunter, mm-hmm. like that metalcore, you know, almost progressive metalcore, uh, type of sound. 
And then Peace, I feel like, was the love letter to all the fans that preferred like the softer side of Demon Hunter. Because sure. in my opinion, they're they're a band that is able to do both styles fairly well. Yeah. Um, for me, for me personally, I prefer the heavier side of Demon Hunter. So I think naturally, I preferred War, but War I did find enjoyment. At, I got exactly. You. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got uh, you. But I did find enjoyment out of Peace as, Peace as well. So. Yeah, and I didn't know if they were going to do something like ironically different, if they were going to be opposite. So yeah. that's actually why I started with peace, just yeah. in case. But it made me save, you know, the best for last, if you want to say it. But yeah. come on, I mean, the way I look at it is they're all really talented. They've all been doing this for a long time. Ryan Clark is a very good vocalist. I think the only times that I don't like his vocals is when it veers off to that kind of like five finger death punch type sound, but <laughs> sure, sure. they were around for longer than them. So it's, it's more like they ripped off that style of singing from bands like demon hunter, not the other way around. But I think that's more showcased on peace than it is on war. Yeah. And I don't know. I think it's really cool that I think their first solid state release came out in like, 2002 mm-hmm. and the fact that they're still able to release like high quality albums like this you know almost 20 years later really says a lot about the talent of the guys in demon hunter oh for sure and if anyone is questioning that i don't know what to tell you like you need to get out of this business that's for <laughs> <Right>. sure but <laughs> yeah i i enjoyed like what i was thinking when i was listening to peace i was like i would like to get in my car and just drive cross country at night listening to this yeah like it's it set a mood you know what i mean so i enjoyed that i too would go back and listen to war more than i would peace for sure but both albums are done well and really you just choose which one to listen to based on your mood exactly i think that's really it but yeah everyone's super talented i have a huge amount of respect for a band that will put out their ninth and tenth album as a double album instead of just putting out one and then waiting and putting out the other. Yeah. It, it, you just got to know, if you're going to listen front to back, mm-hmm. it's a significant amount of time that you're going to be taking because it's two basically over 40-minute albums. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they put a lot of work into the into both of these albums, so I'm very, very happy with both of them. They definitely did. A lot of fun, quotable lines from time to time. You know, I think, yeah. it, I think it worked. It was just like, you were slow rocking for one, you were, you know, mosh pitting for the other. And it just worked. Yep, absolutely. So once again, that's Demon Hunter, War and Peace on Solid State Records. All right, everyone, the next album we are going to talk about is Mark Morton, Aesthetic, and that's on Spine Farm Records. This is 10 tracks. I don't know. Is this his first album? I think this is his first solo album, yeah. Okay. All right. And this is the guitarist of Lamb of God, right? Yep. Yep. All right. So every track has a guest vocalist. They have people like Chester Bennington and Jacoby Shaddix and a ton of other people. Now, I will say... Right off the bat, I was so fucking bored, and I really didn't like this whatsoever. People are very talented, 
and I will never take that away from them, but this is not for me. Sure. Um, so I will say that um, I don't know if I'm doing it like secondhandedly or subconsciously, whatever you want to say, but I think I might be giving Mark Morton some slack just because Lamb of God is one of the bands that got me into like heavier music sure. or heavy metal, whatever you want to call it. Like, you know, I discovered Slipknot at 14 and then I think a year later I, I discovered Lamb of God. So it wasn't long after I started getting into the genre. Right. So I've always felt like Mark Morton was one of those guitarists that while he was in a band that was very popular, he wasn't talked about amongst like really good guitarists. Like he himself as a guitarist was not very popular, if that makes sense. Right. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I will say other than a couple tracks, because there were a couple of tracks where I was like, and eh, this really isn't for me. I, I did think they were cool songs that took on different approaches to mark's guitar style because lamb of god has like a distinct guitar style at this point i mean come on they've been around since the 90s if you count the burn the priest days sure so uh he's pretty much set in in his guitar style you know he knows what he he's good at doing um personally for me like i liked this album and i can't really explain why music is subjective (laughs) of course but uh, it was definitely for me because I didn't listen to the song as like a single. I had like seen some headlines about it, but I didn't listen to it. Um, but it was kind of emotional hearing Chester's voice again because, like I said, I didn't hear that when it was a single. So when I heard this on the album, I was like, damn, I I, I never thought I'd hear something with Chester's voice that I hadn't already heard. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, that had no effect on me. It's yeah. just not the way I work. It's not like if I had heard Kurt Cobain's voice on a new track, I wouldn't get emotional about it. Sure. And that's just you that's know, me. difference. Yeah, right. Exactly. Well, I will say I enjoyed, I think the only track that I liked on the album was the final track and not because it was the final track. I, le- I legitimately liked it because that was the one with Randy on it. And that one yeah. to me sounded more like Lamb of God. And I didn't go into this expecting it to sound like Lamb of God. I just wanted, you know, music that I could connect with, but that was way too radio rock for me. And there was one yeah. track, I think it was either the third or fourth track, whatever one was really slow, mm. whoever that was, I despised that person. I thought that was one of the worst songs I've ever heard in my life. I think I know what you're talking about. And I, that's one of those where I was like, yeah, this really isn't for me. So, yeah. And that's the thing. Once again, not taking away from the talent of anybody. It's just not something that connected. Like he's actually going to be very close to my house for a, for a tour. And I'm not going to go because I wouldn't be able to stand this. Sure. That's why, that's why we got to go see the, uh, the ever so Christian metal band, Lamb of God. (laughs) (laughs) But look, I still say, I mean, if you find something you like, go listen to this for sure. So I'm not saying don't go listen. It's just not for me. That's really the whole point. So once again, that's Mark Morton, Mark Morton Aesthetic on Spine Farm Records. All right, the moment that James has been waiting for 
It is Sleep Killers with Sleep Killers and it is an independent release. This is 10 tracks. It is radio rock, new metal shit. This is Limp Biscuits bassist Sam Rivers and X Puddle of Mud bassist Damian Starkey. I was bored out of my fucking mind by the <laughs> second track. They sound like Earshot and Super Watered Down Tool. And I could not take it. And I wanted to slam my head through a wall. James? <laughs> I don't know, man. It's Dad Rock. What do you expect <laughs> from me? <laughs> I like Dad Rock. Sue me. <laughs> okay. I will. <laughs> okay. All right. We're going to set a precedent that that is something <laughs> I can actually do. Yeah, man. Look, I, I figured you would like it because of the Limp Bizkit thing. It is very yeah. new metal. And I really did try. But, yeah. like, I, we have talked about such good bands that do new metal well. In the last two weeks, we had Smoke Signals, we had Blood Youth. We talked mm-hmm. about really great bands that could do it. I didn't hear anything in that that would ever make me want to listen to them. Sure. I think for me, like when I read Limp Biscuit and Puddle of Mud, you know, I, I turned on, if you know what I mean. Second time. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awful. Like... Can that not be your catchphrase? <laughs> yeah let's 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 scrap that <laughs> hey, i'm killing off that phrase now yeah you're going to scrap to it later but that's not the <laughs> point but um uh, but, i mean i grew up listening to puddle of mud you know again sue me so <laughs> we'll do i think honestly i think you can sue one i think you can sue someone for liking puddle of mud <laughs> i'm pretty yeah, I mean, sure especially we'll if <laughs> she hates me yeah. Oh man. <laughs> oh man. No, dude. I mean, don't get me. It's like I was saying earlier, like all of this music is subjectively bad, but I still love it. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, we might as well add in the other band that sounded so fucking similar to this that I also couldn't get through it and made me want to shove my head through a wall. That is the <laughs> band Source with Totality. Totality. On Pavement Entertainment, 10 tracks once again, and James, take it away. It's Dad Rock. (laughs) (laughs) There's really, I I honestly, when I was writing notes for this episode, I really did try to come up with different points for this, but I was like, it's it's Dad Rock. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I like that stuff, but there's really nothing more you could say about it. Yeah. So if you like Dad Rock, you can listen to Sleep Killers. With Sleep Killers, it's an independent release, or Source with Totality on Pavement Entertainment. But yeah, I can't, I can't do that. And from now on, if I know a band is like that, we won't be talking about them on the show. Unfortunately. (laughs) I know. If anything, we definitely want to turn James on, if you know what I mean. Oh yeah, third time. (laughs) Up next, we have Traitors with Repent. And this is a self-release. So it looks like they are back to deathcore. They're back to deathcore metal. They used to do like a combination of new metal and deathcore. But this seems very like straightforward, very similar to I think is their first album that they put out. But this is nine tracks with an intro that turns into a short song and then an interlude. And I just don't fucking get it. I, I will never get that. But that's besides the point. I thought Tyler's vocals were definitely on point, for one. And really, the band was on point as well. I didn't find anything wrong with this album, you know, 
music-wise, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it was fast and angry. Uh, I've always loved uh, the unique vocals of Tyler. And a personal story about me and Traders is, Traders is the only band I've ever been punched in the face and got a nosebleed. Ah, nice. It was two days before my 20th birthday. It was was an early (laughs) birthday present. And it was, yeah, Traders was playing that night. And dude was crowd killing, got punched straight in the nose and got a bloody nose. Yeah, I don't like crowd killers. I just like the idea of you being punched in the face. Yeah, exactly. Everybody does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, traitors are normally fun to see live as long as you're mm-hmm. not, you know, getting crowd killed in a pit. But yeah. they're good live. This kind of goes back to their roots, which I enjoy more than, you know, some of their previous work. So I like that a lot. You know, it was very, you know, you talked about being fast, but it was also slow at the points where it needed to be. You know, they were dropping the bass they were supposed to. Like, you know, they were doing everything that they were supposed to with this. I don't know if a lot of people caught on to the album or not. I hope that people do give it a listen and go see them live because they are really fucking talented. And like you said, Tyler's voice is really something different in that scene. So I thought everyone did a really good job. There's just not as much to talk about on this one. Sure. So once again, that's Traders Repent, and it's a self-release. Next up, we have Mast Intruder with three, one, two, three, on Pure Noise Records. This is Sugary Pop Punk. It is their third album, 12 tracks. If anyone doesn't know, this is a band where they all wear ski masks when they perform. It's a different band than, you know, they actually have their actual band that makes music but they've never said what their actual identities are. So they actually perform with the ski masks on in all the music videos and all that kind of stuff. So really, it's throwback pop punk, you know, with emo tendencies, guitar-driven and fun. It's storytelling pop punk as well. You just really have to like this style of sugary pop punk. You're not going to find very much variety in this album you're not going to find unclean vocals it's just one of those things where if you like this type of music you're going to love this album yeah that's pretty much the only thing i had to say about it as well it's like you know it's pop punk if you like it you like it if you don't you don't and so and this is a very specific type where it's like old school pop punk they're just going to keep on going at you the same thing not a whole lot of variety they sing about you know being you know, masked intruders, like the police coming after them. They sing about that kind of stuff. They sing about women. It is what it is. So there's not a whole lot to talk about. There's, I mean, 12 tracks with no filler is something Mm. significant. And they've been in the scene for a long time. But it's one of those things where you can't really tell a whole lot of difference between the tracks besides what they're singing about. So if you like that sugariness, don't expect this to be like aggressive pop punk is not. Yeah, I definitely agree. So once again, that's Mast Intruder 3 on Pure Noise Records. Just not enough. I gave you all I have, but it was just not enough. You're the only one. 
Next up, we have In Flames, I the Mask. And this is on 11.7 Music. This is Swedish Metal slash Metalcore. This is number 13 for albums, which is pretty fucking insane. Yeah. This is the follow-up to Battles in 2016. Now, I remember giving Battles a positive review the last time on the show. It, It was a huge change for In Flames. And for the diehards, I still, I mean, I understand that they're probably not going to like this direction. I personally still love the older stuff. I I like that more than this incarnation of In Flames. But Mm. this isn't a bad album. 12 tracks, front to back, no filler, which obviously I enjoy. But I don't know. I, I think it's very similar to Battles in a way where they've softened their sound to be more metalcore-ish than straight metal. And I think it's because they are now more palatable to the masses, it seems, because now they do the big arena tours with Breaking Benjamin and Five Finger <laughs> Death Punch and All That Remains. I mean, that's what they do now. Sure, yeah. And it's I actually did not realize until you said it that this was their 13th album. But I, I feel kind of bad because, you know... Uh, I said on an episode that I'm a big fan of like old school metal. Mm-hmm. This was my this was my first introduction to like proper introduction to In Flames. Wow. Uh, they were always a band that I knew about. They were always a band that was like categorized with a lot of the bands that I did listen to, but for whatever reason I just did not pick up on them. It wasn't for or any particular reason. It was just, you know, sometimes we all have that band that we just haven't checked out. Um, but I did like this album. I, but now that I realize that they've gone through some sound changes over the years, uh, it makes me want to go back and listen to, uh, all of their old releases. And I actually have a buddy who, uh, is a, he's a enormous in flames fan. Like he wants to get an in flames tattoo. So I Um, can, I can, uh, ask him to guide me on where the best place to start is. So I would say for sure, go back and listen to Clayman and listen yeah. to Pinball Map because that okay. was my introduction and that's what okay. I still love. Sure. So for yeah. sure. But I also do want to say, don't get me wrong. I like this album a lot as well. It was just because of my background in In Flames, I know how different this is. Now, I think this is better than Battles, but there are some you know really forgettable tracks on this album as well. So sure. you have to kind of get away from that and look for the standouts because it's not front to back awesome. It's good. And, you know, even better than good in some cases. But mm-hmm. there are still those really forgettable albums because they are trying. Like some of these songs are straight up radio rock. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I like I said, I really don't have any more thing more to say than I just like the album and – I really want to go out and check out more In Flames. I mean, I like this band. So Sure. Yeah, and I just want to make a mention that they have had a ton of member changes, but one of the mm-hmm. ones from the original band, Anders, he does all the vocals, and he does a great fucking job from those raspy, bellowing uncleans, the shouting, the clean vocals as well. I thought that was all done very, very well. Great guitar work, driving bass and drums. I thought that all worked as well. Just know it's... You know, 
You're going to find some standouts on here. You're going to find some stuff that you could just skip over. And obviously, they are trying to appeal to the masses. That is what they're doing with this album. So as long as you keep that in mind, it's there's no problem with liking it. I still like it. But you got to be honest about this stuff, you know? Yeah. And I mean, you know what? If they're doing big tours like that, good for them. They've been around for forever. So It's very true. Like 1995, even before then. Yeah. So. Seriously. Yeah. So once again, that's In Flames. I the mask, and it's on eleven seven music. My God, I need you. I won't wait for you to come around. My God, as the pain inflicts, I know I'll bleed. I'll bleed for We'll never be oracles to me. All right, James, I am changing it up. We are gonna do while she sleeps. So what on Sleeps Brothers slash I don't know why that's funny. Sleeps Brothers slash Spine Farm Records. I guess because all the S sounds together. I just couldn't yeah. seem to do it correctly. Sleep Brothers Spine Farm Records. Now we'll talk about what style they are soon, but just so everyone knows, this is number four for full-length albums from them. Eleven mm-hmm. tracks. And let's get this out of the way right now. They're going to get the comparisons to older Bring Me the Horizon because a lot of bands from the UK, you can hear the accent sometimes, you can hear the grit, not to mention they're friends and they toured together a bunch. So can we get that out of the way, James? Yeah, it also doesn't help that Ali Sykes did a guest spot on their previous album. Yeah, absolutely. Now I'm going to make a very obscure reference, but I just want to mention that the antisocial the opening sounds for that, the opening guitar and everything, sounds like Straight from the Barrio by Upon a Burning Body. Okay. It's not exact, but it's very similar. It made it was similar enough that I had to remember an obscure song about repping San Antonio, Texas. Okay. So bit of a deep cut. Yeah. Just want to mention right. <laughs> that. I also do have a special place in my heart for them because they are from San Antonio, Texas. So that's a side thing. Obviously, while she sleeps, they're from the UK. You know, I already kind of mentioned that. But anyways. Yeah. I mean, my main thing about this album is, I, I honestly, I thought this album had really good production. And usually I, I don't production right off the bat just because that's not my thing. But I thought everything was produced really well. Uh, I do think the guy from While She Sleeps, uh, I don't know his name, but I do, I do really like his clean singing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing I will say is, I could have done with less electronics in the music, but it wasn't so much that it felt overbearing. Ah. You know, it's like some other bands I've listened to, you know, even in the past couple of weeks. Sure. Like, like I said, there were some times where I was just like, all right, we get it. You know, I want to hear a guitar. Uh, but it didn't happen so much that I was just like, yeah, screw this album. Yeah, we differ a little bit, I think, okay. on, on this. So one of my main points is, there are so many electronics in this album. So okay. many. And now, so the the lead singer's name is Taylor. Well, that's his last name. It's like Laws Taylor. But okay. Taylor had vocal surgery. Like, I think it was either, it was a little before Brainwashed or a little bit after. So I don't know if that's the reason for the change in the singing, but they used to on their previous releases, it would be like 99% unclean vocals. And then You Are We came out 
And that's where they were way more on like the post-hardcore metalcore side instead of melodic hardcore. So one of the first things you have to say when you listen to this album is this is their softest album to date. Now that doesn't necessarily mean it's bad, but you have to know they're one of those bands that have made those significant changes to not only their music, but also their vocals in order to be in a different genre. Whether that's they have to be or they see the trend, I'm not exactly sure. But people need to know this is even softer than you are we. Yeah. And I mean, like, for me personally, like, this was the I only heard that one song off of uh, you are we with Ali Sykes. So <laughs> I guess this is a, a week of introductions for me. So this was actually my introduction to while she sleeps, like my first like proper introduction. Hmm. Um, so but like I said, it wasn't so overbearing to me. Uh, so it does make you want to go check out like you are we in its entirety and then their previous work. You should. Uh, cause I, I mean, I just like checking out bands entire just disc- discography in general. Sure. Because I think it's cool to, to like see a band's progression over the years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I guess with this being their softest album, I am a little worried about where they're going to go next. Yeah. You should be. We all should be, you know, I, I hope they stay within this genre, but you know, with the trends we're seeing, it may not be the case in a couple years when they release their next record. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if you were a while she sleeps fan from the beginning, I honestly can't see people continuing to actually be, you know, listening to them or liking this unless you like a very wide range of genres. Because to me, this is now pretty much electronic core. It's radio rock, electronic core, a little bit post-hardcore, maybe. Like, that's how significantly different this album is. It's catchy, it's melodic at times, but way more on the catchy side. Barely any clean vocals compared to what they used to do. And then there's lots of sing-alongs, there's lots of chants. I mean, it's a completely... I, I don't know, I haven't heard a lot of people really talk about this album i know there was a big buzz for it which completely makes sense because they're a great band and once again can't take away from the talent of these bands for sure while she sleeps is a very talented band but i can tell you i am not a fan of this direction and i probably won't listen to this album again yeah i mean generally speaking this isn't normally what i go out of my way to listen to yeah but if like somebody put this on, I wouldn't hate myself. I say that a lot. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> it's not a bad thing. Yeah, if, if we were, you know, if you were in the car with someone and they put this on, like I'm not going to be like, oh no, you got to change it. Like that's fine. At least it's something that I know has talent. But it's just, right. I don't know. This was an extremely hit or miss for me with like every single track. You can go through and like point out, like for instance, "Haunt Me" is a sepaternal B-side with electronics added sure and then you have a a song like good grief and i i want to make a pun here that's what i fucking said when i listened to this track (laughs) because holy shit it is fucking awful like it's really awful and that whole roboticizing the vocals at the end was terrible Mm. like really really bad so look there are probably people out there that like it that is great this definitely for while she sleeps where i thought that last album, You or We, were really great. I like Brainwashed a lot. I really enjoyed that music. This was a step in a direction that I don't like. Sure. 
and that's fair. I mean, like, have you have you been listening to While She Sleeps since the beginning, or since you are we? Uh no, I would say since brainwashed, and then I went back before that. Oh sure, yeah. So you you've been a fan for a long time, so I think you have merit in saying saying that. Yeah, it's just one of those things. It's like sometimes you don't connect to something, but I also was surprised that I didn't see a whole lot of people even talking about this album either. Yeah, that did surprise me. I thought While She Sleeps was supposed to be like a really big deal. I think people realized this wasn't that great. I mean, honestly, I could be <laughs> wrong. But you would think actually with the trend of the way things are going that people would love this album even more. Yeah, yeah. People are confusing, man. <laughs> that, that's an understatement right there. That is true. <laughs> so look, I, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's like an awful album that you shouldn't listen to. I'm certainly not saying that. They are very talented. I just don't connect to it. And I like all of their old stuff better than this. Sure, that's fair. So once again, that's While She Sleeps, So What, on Sleeps Brothers, Spine Farm Records. We are ending with a surprise here. We are going to be talking about Boy Becomes Hero, Reverie, and it's an independent release. Now, I'm going to apologize if I say Boy Sets Fire or Boy's Night Out. (laughs) I'm so bad with that. I want to say Boy Sets Fire so much. I I just do. I hope that I don't. You've been messaging the wrong band name like several times. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I I apologize. I just, that's when I see boy blank whatever, it's boy sets fire, boy's night out. That's sure. that's what it is. But sure. this is boy becomes hero. This is post-hardcore, maybe a little progressive metal in there uh, at, you know, at points as well. Maybe a little screamo. This is a concept album. It is 10 tracks, and what I want to make a mention of right away is the person behind this is Andrew Brittingham, I believe is how you say Brittingham. So he's behind the entire album, which I think is very impressive. So I believe he did the production, I believe he did the mixing, he did all the instruments, he did all the vocals, except for the features, which have Kurt Travis, Garrett Rapp, and Aaron Gillespie as the ones that I actually know. And if anyone in the scene is listening to this, they should know who those three people are. Yeah, I was going to say, talk about some guest spots. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. And I don't know how he pulled that off, but that is really damn cool. So I'm going to read to you what the Facebook biography or whatnot, what it says about the album. All right, does that sound good? Yeah. Because I need to try and make people understand this with hopefully not giving away too much. So it says, Reverie is a story. And now I am going to fuck up all of these names. All right. (laughs) So just be prepared. Reverie is a story narrated by Katsubin, who is played by Kurt Travis, that follows a boy named, I'm so bad with this, Tsukio. (laughs) T-S-U-K-U-Y-O Tezukio, I don't know Something like that Tetsuo, Tetsuko, I don't know, something (laughs) That's Andrew 
And then it follows him through his battle with the evil that has consumed his past, present, and future in the story. He has said, <laughs> oh, wow. He is constantly reminded of the words his mother, Tenen, who is played by Dorina. I, I can't even do it. I'm sorry. I apologize to these people if they're listening. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I can't do these. I don't want to fuck up their last names or any names. So Tenen said in her last hours, which gave him the strength to overcome. Tetsuko Yo Tetsuyo. I'm going to say Tetsuyo. Tetsuyo yeah. is accompanied on his journey by Ninjin, Garrett Rapp, and Mizuki, Aaron Gillespie, and Susanato, Sam Cole, who are the, the song <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, Andrew, if you're listening, but I, I'm so bad with these names. Who are the Songkran. Songkran is a city underwater that becomes home for Tetsuyo, where Ninjin, Mizuki, and Susanato help him to find his strength to avenge his birthplace. Reverie is explained in the music and lyrics alike. <laughs> hey, man, you made it through. That's all that matters. <laughs> oh, and I butchered it. I ruined that for sure. But now, what I also want to mention is accompanying the actual album itself is also a story that if you go to the website, and the website, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, is boybecomeshero.com. So you can go there and you can click on the follow the story button and it lets you go track by track and allows you not only if you look at the lyrics, you know, that you can look up, but if you go by the lyrics of the song as well as the story, it's all laid out there. There's even a map for you as yeah. well. Now, I like I said, you heard me butcher those names. So go find out the names for yourself. Now, I could tell you the whole story, but James, I don't think that's the right thing to do, right? No, I think if people are interested, they should go read the story for themselves. Yeah, I think that would be a good way to be. What that adds to this album is that you can listen to the album without even looking at that and then go back and listen to the album again while reading about what each track is about. I think that's a good, that's at least the way I did it. I listened to it a few times by myself and then I found out that you could like follow along with the story. Like, you know, it's a concept album. But then you find out you can follow along with the story, and then I did that. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I've always viewed concept albums in a similar light as to how I watch movies. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it's all, every single scene or every single song in this case is collectively speaking a narrative in order. Right. And so I think... Uh, yeah, I mean, like Ian said, you can listen to this album and not even realize it's a concept album, but I think it would add a lot more to the experience if you did like know the story or even follow along with the story as you're listening to the album. Well, you should know, by the way, you should know it's a concept album by the very first track because sure. the very first track is a narrative track. And I will say that was very dangerous, I think, to make a song that was so different from the rest of the album. So basically that song and the interludes that are in this are very, very different musically than the rest of the album. So those tracks are not post-hardcore. They're like electronic, kind of like poppy beats, maybe a little melodic as well. But right. those are the narrative tracks that tell you a little bit more about the story. So to start that though, on track one, 
is dangerous for anyone that doesn't know who the band are and what they do. So if you just happen to find like Spotify brings up the album, you're like, oh, let me check this out. And you listen to that first track, some people might completely lose interest and go on. Sure. That is always the the risk of putting or making a concept album or maybe even making entirely concept bands. Like I know for you and me, like one of my favorite all time bands is Coheed and Cambria. And sure. for you, one of your all time favorite bands is Alisana. Yeah. Right. And Everything both of those bands have done collectively have been a concept album. Mm-hmm. And I feel like uh, I've talked to people that they can't get into Co- to Coheed and Cambria, and maybe you've experienced this with Alisana, but I've, I've talked to people that can't, can't get into Coheed because of the fact that everything is a concept album. Right. Yeah, I mean, some people don't want to put the time and effort in to knowing yeah. what the lyrics are, what the story is. Like, that definitely happens. And that's why I think to say for this album especially, this was very ambitious. This is a debut album. It's not like yeah. Andrew's been around. Like, I don't know his background enough to say that, you know, wow, you know, he he worked on this, he worked on that. I have no idea about that. But to make a concept album like this, where you have these guest features, you have a storyline, you have a website basically dedicated to yeah. this story. And who knows, maybe he can like sell it to a comic book. Who knows? He could be able to do something like that. I just wish, I'm, I'm, if Andrew's listening, I have to say, why can't you just call a character Pete? Just call, <laughs> I don't know, Kyle? Just something Kyle. like Brad. Sarah? Yeah, Bradley. <laughs> something like that. Like, I love different weird names, but I couldn't pronounce. Uh, obviously, you know, people heard me. I butchered all of those names. So sure. <laughs> that's my joke of. <laughs> name them something different <laughs> right and you know what i'll give this guy credit um wait what's his name again the guy that did this album andrew brittingham i think is so, how you say it. yeah i will give andrew credit i'll be honest the first time i listened to this i was like yeah i don't know if this is for me but then ian explained it to me what the whole message of the thing was because yeah, without using like, names right <laughs> and <laughs> ian explained to me everything that was going on and then when he said that it was one guy that made this album minus the guest spots, I revisited it and I was like, all right, I get it now. Like, I like this. Yeah. You know, I'm a, I'm a big sucker for a good story. I mean, Ian and I obviously are. We're Final Fantasy fans, for God's sake. Fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, we love a good story. And yeah, at the end of the day, I think uh, Andrew won me over with this. Yeah. And I can say for sure when people ask me, like, you know, I'll have, you know, haters out there that ask me hey, what are you looking forward to most in the week? And since I had already heard While She Sleeps because they had sent it to me like a while back, I already knew what to expect with that album. So really, the people, like when I looked up, you know, the singles and whatnot from all the albums we had this week, Boy Becomes Hero was what I was looking forward to most. Because for me, I love old school, post-hardcore and screamo. And a lot of this album is that. So sure. this is right up my alley anyways. So I have no problem with that. We just have to point out as well that, you know, for a very ambitious album like this, there are some pitfalls that you can follow. It's It can't be – there are things that are going to hold this back from being a perfect album. So we're talking about that as well as talking about all the really good points. Sure. Yeah. At the end of the day, I really, I, I could see myself going back to this after, you know – being one over. So good job, Andrew. Yeah. Yeah, I would say, 
you know, I liked so much of this. I was a big fan of the clean vocals. You know, some of the unclean vocals weren't at exactly where I wanted them to be, but it did have that very old school post-hardcore screamo vibe to it. I wonder in a way if because this is his first album, if because he was doing so much, maybe the production and the mixing was a little bit off. You know what I mean? It's one of those things that will get much better with more experience or there is a possibility that was done that way to mimic an early 2000s post-hardcore screamo. Sure. I would love to see what this guy could do with a full band if he can do all this by himself. Oh, yeah. No, I I think this guy has, I mean, the sky's the limit for him for sure. Another great thing about this album and Andrew in general, because I I did a whole bunch of research for this before we talked about this. Sure, sure. Apparently, all the bundles, all the merch bundles that they have for sale for this album, you know, t-shirts and whatnot, all that stuff, it all the proceeds, 100% of the proceeds goes to that charity. And I always fuck it up. I think it's to to write love on her arms. I always want to say, you know what? Yeah, I always want to say to write love letters on their arms, but it's to write love on her arms. So he partnered with them that they get 100% of the proceeds. So if you like this album, by all means, go support Andrew and support this great charity and you can get yourself an album and t-shirts and whatnot and the proceeds will go to charity, which I think is, I mean... Also, for a first album, for doing yeah. all this work, that's pretty crazy, but it's crazy good. See, this is who Michael Bond could learn after, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Roast mode. I got to say, I really did enjoy it. There are a couple of, you know, there are a couple of stumbles. I think that's, and I mean, you know, we're musicians. I think we can talk about that. There are a couple stumbles because I think the ambition was there and it probably masked some of that stuff. You know, sure. while while he was doing it. But I thought they captured, you know, Screamo and post-hardcore very well. I know I've said that, but that is very important to me because those are my two favorites. So I very much enjoyed that. And I'm trying to think if there was anything else. You got to congratulate Andrew and whoever else worked on this for doing a first album like this. And believe me, go go read the story. I I, I could tell you the entire story right now. But I've never done that for a concept album before because this is yeah. a review. This is not a spoiler for a movie. It's not like that. So if you want to know the story, go listen to the album, support him, support the band, go read it, listen to it. You'll know the story then. I just tried to give the outline of what the Facebook you know group said. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I liked it. I think people should go listen to it. Would you recommend it as well, James? Yeah, I would recommend it. And I mean, if this is his, if this is his first album, I mean, imagine where he's going to go from here. So exactly, yeah. So once again, boy becomes hero with Reverie, and it's an independent release. Holy fuck. Wow. 
Craziness, craziness. But coming out this week, I'll make a few mentions. We've got Holding Absence, Children of Bodom, CU Space Cowboy, The Royal, Zebrahead, Black Coast, Savage After Midnight, Youth Fountain, and Seder. And then I think, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure Our Last Night's new album comes out next week as well. Or this week. Okay. Yeah. So cool. we'll see. I mean, I'm personally looking forward to holding absence. You know, Our Last Night seemed to be back getting, or at least getting back to their old sound. And I'm hoping that there are a lot of surprises there on that list. Yeah. I mean, I'll be real. I I don't know the names of most of those bands. So I'll be discovering them alongside all the all you listeners out there. There you go. So, James, I think now it is time to end the show. If you think we're going to kiss your ass since you get a good review in your magazine, well, you're mistaken, my friend. Take a self-righteous buzzer, wannabe writer, candy-ass pencil. Shove it up your ass! Shove it up your ass, you punk! Shove it up your ass! All right, James, end of the show time. Do you have any plugs for everyone? Yeah. Um, so I decided to, I'm still kind of on my social media hiatus, but I still decided to uh, promote all the podcast endeavors that's going on. So uh, for right now, if you wanted to check out any of that, it's I'm on pretty much every social media at words in the James, uh, W-O-R-D-S in the James. And if you wanted to check out uh, my crappy singing and screaming, uh, you can look me up on YouTube at James Bozentka, B-O-Z-E-N-T-K-A. There you go. All right. I have a lot of plugs. So (laughs) the normal stuff, you can follow me on Facebook, at Ian Hates, on Instagram, at Ian Hates, on Twitter, at Ian Hates Podcast. And then you can also email me ianhates at gmail.com. On top of that, I also have some Ian Hates conversations that are going to come out. I would assume I'm going to take a risk here, but I think by the time this show comes out, I will have already put out a brand new Ian Hates conversations with none other than Crystal Lake. Holy crap. Yes, sir. I know it's a big surprise, and it was very difficult to do that over the phone when you can't see the you know, like you can't see the person speaking who you know English is not their native language. Sure, sure. I was gonna ask that, but you know it's 2019, so I don't know if. It oh was, no, no, was... <laughs> it was super difficult. It was super yeah. difficult, but it was sure. awesome that he would even give the opportunity to do something like that. So I very much enjoyed talking to Rio, and by the time this comes out, you will have been able to hear it. So that's one of the things. The other thing is the big announcement that I had been teasing that finally happened last week. So I have partnered up with Scene Daddy. And now if you don't know Scene Daddy, just look it up. Just like I said it, you can look up. They have memes and reviews and a bunch of stuff all for the scene. And I have partnered with them where I am in charge and hosting their podcast called Scene Daddy Interviews. So James, I think, did you get a chance to listen to the first one? Unfortunately, I have not yet because of all this you damn son music. Of a bitch. <laughs> all this damn music. There is so much music. That is true. But but tomorrow, okay. I will be listen to it. The first person on Scene Daddy interviews was none other than Garrett Russell 
of Silent Planet. What? So yeah. So all you have to do is go to Scene Daddy, the website. We are not putting this on all the other places that Ian hates is on because there are going to be a lot of really, I mean, I have a lot of really cool stuff, but back in the day, I wasn't like, oh, let me filter or funnel all the people into one area. But I think that's what we're going to do right now so that people really have to go out of their way to really enjoy what we're doing there. So there's no real difference between Ian Hayes' conversations and seeing Daddy interviews. It's still me, still my personality, still all that kind of stuff. It's just now you have a you know wider audience to listen to it. So that is the first one. We've got more coming out. I can't give away the secrets of the show, but just know there are a ton of really awesome ones on the way. So you're really going to enjoy this as well. So just know, I mean, that's why I probably won't do as many Ian Hates conversations because I'll be doing Scene Daddy interviews. But that does not mean Ian Hates music is going anywhere. It doesn't mean Ian Hates love, even though I am having trouble finding people to actually be honest on that show. So that's a little tougher. And then Ian Hates Movies will be back very soon. Kelly is getting some stuff taken care of, and then we'll be doing that. So really, I have no free time, and that's why you can hear my voice probably going, is because this is the third show I've done today. We're about to get those big podcast bucks. Yeah, I don't know if that exists. <laughs> Let's be completely honest about that. I'm not yeah. sure that's a thing. but We do this because we love it. Yeah. So... You know, if for some reason you don't follow Ian Hates, please go do that in all the places I said. And then now you can follow Scene Daddy and get a lot of information there. And now between Ian Hates and Scene Daddy, we have the scene covered. There's nothing else that you need. So make sure you do that. That was the big announcement. I have even more stuff coming up. I can't even tell you who I talked to tonight because you wouldn't believe me. It's not just James either. I know you can't believe I'm talking to James, but then also I have other people that I was talking to. I know. Who can believe you're talking to me? I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. So I think that is enough for now. I don't want to start getting sick again. So James, do you have any final words for everyone? As always, keep on rolling, baby. And I will leave you the way I always do. Long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone. So goodbye to Oh